Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Elaine B. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, July 21st, 2017. Today we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are at page 73, beginning with the first paragraph, reading through three paragraphs. We'll start with more than most people and end with and their chance of recovery. Today's readers are Matt M. for the 12 Steps, Tala K. for the 12 Traditions, Linda D., Lynette P., and Stephanie L. The reference number for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting for July 20th is 10184. That's 10184. The reference meeting for this morning 7 a.m. meeting, Friday, July 21st, is 10186. 10186. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeater eating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Matt M. to read the 12 steps. Star one to unmute, please, Matt. Can you hear me? Yes. Here are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. It's adapted for Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Sorry. Four, made a fearless and searching moral inventory of ourselves. Five, made a decision. Sorry. Five, uh, made it to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so and injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, to try to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service and I pass. Thank you, Matt. I will now ask Tala Kay to read the 12th tradition. Good morning. This is Tala. May I be heard? Yes, you, yes, we can hear you fine. Thank you. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, 
declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never to be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thank you, Talake. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. The meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 73, starting with the first paragraph, more than most people, reading through three paragraphs ending with and their chance of recovery, and we'll comment on all three paragraphs. I will ask Linda D. to begin reading. Star one to unmute, please, Linda. Linda D. Hi, this is Linda D. from North Carolina. Thank you. Had my second mute button on, sorry. This is Linda D. from North Carolina. I am a grateful, recovered, impulsive overeater, recovered by the grace of God one day at a time on a daily reprieve. Most and mo- more than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. He is very much the actor. To the outer world, he presents his stage character. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but he knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. The inconsistency is made worse by the things he does on his sprees. Coming to his senses, he is revolted at certain episodes he vaguely remembers. These memories are a nightmare. He trembles to think someone might have observed him. As fast as he can, he pushes these memories far inside himself. He hopes they will never see the light of day. He is under constant fear and tension. That makes for more drinking. Psychologists are inclined to agree with us. We have spent thousands of dollars for examinations. We know but few instances where we have given these doctors a fair break. We have seldom told them the whole truth, nor have we followed their advice. Unwilling to be honest with these sympathetic men, we were honest with no one else. Small wonder many in the medical profession have a low opinion of alcoholics and their chance for recovery. I um, am pleased to be able to read this passage. Um, This is of course, referring to uh, the role that we take and that I took a partial role of the actor um, before recovery. Um, I did have uh, a role that I presented to the world, and I still do, but um, I was bamboozled myself by it. Uh, I thought I was genuine, um, but there were times when I, many, many times when I was not. I wanted to enjoy a certain reputation, but I felt in my heart that I didn't deserve it, um, that somehow I was a fraud. Um, the inconsistency was made worse by the things I did on my sprees. 
when I was a newcomer, I wondered why we talked about alcohol and alcoholics, and people do wonder. But if I compare myself and my experience to that, which is in this book, I realize that in every other aspect I'm the same. I do have that thing, uh, except that my substance is food, and in the past there's been other things. Uh, I've repressed <laughs> certain memories that come up as I work my 10th and my 11th and 12th now. Um, but I don't hope anymore that they never see the light of day. In fact, I, I, I hope that they will because the more that comes up now, the more I can be happy, joyous, and free. I spent thousands of dollars for examinations. I did not give my doctor a fair break. I was engaged in impression management, not only professionally and personally, but also um, with my own therapist. And uh, I'm in the business, so I know that people do that with me. <laughs> you think I'd know better, but uh, that makes no difference here. Here I'm just a fellow, and um, I get to be myself. I get to be honest about myself with you all. There's nothing I can say to any of you if you're in recovery and you're recovered that's going to shock you or going to make you want to push me away. So I don't have to be the actor in my own ill-directed play. I've got a higher power. My higher power is my director, and I'm just in life to play the part that I'm assigned. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Linda D. Who would like to comment on what we read today? Star one to unmute. Roz G. Sue G. Roz G. Sue G. Anybody else? Teresa D. Stephanie D. I heard uh, Jalisa D. Uh, C. I believe Stephanie L. And somebody else? That was actually Teresa D. Teresa. Thank you, Teresa D. Thank you so much. Okay. I might jump in there, too. Was there anybody else? Ashley P. Ashley P., I believe it was. Yeah, P. Okay. Thank you. We'll start with that. Roz G., Sue G., Teresa C., Stephanie L., um, Elaine B., Ashley P. Thank you so much. Please go ahead, Roz. Good morning. This is Roz G. I'm in my car. You may hear a little noise. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater um, in Los Angeles County. Um, I was, I come from the theater, so I certainly know how to play a part. And mostly comedic roles um, is what I really specialized in because making people laugh was really good for my ego. And I do love comedians, and I love to be comedic. But today, I want to do it as, in a healthy way. If I were to be a comedic person in a play, I would be wanting to give people laughter versus inflating my head. I use the actor in church, in religious circles, Oh, bless your heart, instead of in my mind thinking, what the hell is wrong with you? Pray for her. In a, in a, well, I'm really gossiping. Pray for this person. They're doing this and this. Well, what business do I have telling them what they're doing? Why don't I just shut my mouth, go in the closet, and say thy will be done, instead of praying my will upon her or him? And... um putting on clothes that I think will impress other church members. I did that a lot. I went to a church where women wear dresses, and, and we all wore dresses because we were too self-conscious if we wore pants that somebody might give us looks. I don't do that anymore today, thank God, but, I mean, I just was like a Stepford wife there. Um, and then when I went to OA, I never got 
allowed myself to get over 200 pounds through exercise, not eating and dieting, but through exercise, over-exercise. So I would compare myself to the women in the room. So thank God that I have worked the steps and God has shown me my hypocrisy by comparing, by gossiping. And it's just, I, today I, I can say, well, I'm an over-exerciser. That's, that's why I never got too, too, too heavy for me. And I, I have a tendency to gossip, so I need to, you know, control my tongue or ask God to control it. My higher power, please take a hold of my tongue. And I know that within religious circles, I'm not the same. Because the other night, somebody said something that was really dumb, in my opinion. And I very curtly gave my... uh, I retorted. And um, I didn't do it in anger. I felt angry, but I was, I think, very calm about it. But I wasn't phony. I didn't smile and laugh at the joke because it wasn't funny, which I would have done before just to be a part of the time. Thank you. And I'll, and I'll, end, and I'll uh, wrap up by saying thank you, God, that you have uh, roped me in and, and making me a person of, of society that's kind, loving, tolerant of all. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rajji. Suji, followed by Teresa C, please. Hi, this is Suji from Michigan, recovered by the grace of God. Um, I was always considered the church lady. Um, I've always been in church. I've always been involved in church. But then all of a sudden, I ran into a group of people that did things that we didn't believe in in church. And... Um, but they didn't know I was doing it. So I was always putting on the, well, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there for this. I'll be there for that. And then on the side, I was going off and doing things that that uh, the church didn't believe in. And I didn't really believe in, but I was enjoying it. Um, there was one thing. Uh, and my therapist, I, I never had a therapist that really talked uh I went because of my marriage, and I, I never really had a therapist that talked and gave me directions. Very seldom did they give me directions. When they did, I told them, but I wasn't honest about um, one thing that I had done that um, that I was so ashamed of that I almost didn't give away. Uh, I... I mean, it was like when they, when the big book says, you know, I was afraid I was seen. Well, I wasn't worried about being seen, but I, I knew that God knew what I did, and I was so ashamed of it. But when it came around to doing my inventory, I put it in there. I knew that I had, and God had forgiven me, but I had not forgotten, forgiven myself, and I had never told anybody. And... It was such a relief. Uh, I remember her tearing up and giving me a hug and asking me why I did it. And I told her, and she gave me another hug. No condemnation, no judgment. And I, I'll never forget that, you know, that, that there are people in program that are loving and forgiving. It's it's a world um, Sometimes it's very harsh on us when they hear about something that we've done. But I, I thank God that, that I was brave enough to give that away. Um, if I had been seen, I probably would have been put in jail. and um, Or at least probation. And I am so ashamed of it, but I have now forget, forgiven myself. And... Um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Suji. Teresa C., followed by Stephanie L., please. Hi, my name is Teresa D., as in dog. Oh, and D., I wondered if I had that right. Thank you for correcting me. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. And I am a grateful, grateful, recovering 
recovered, I should say, compulsive overeater just for today. And uh, that paragraph really stuck out to me, you know, being the actor. Um, I like to think that I was a Camille because I could slither in to any situation and change my colors to what I need it to be. You know, if you wanted me to be funny, I could be funny. And, of course, the butt of the jokes were at my expense, but I didn't care because I wanted to make you happy. And today I'm finding that, you know, when I'm around and I am with people that are doing unacceptable behaviors, I don't have to participate. And that is a freeing feeling. Um, so I'm going to pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much. Um, Teresa D. Stephanie L., you're up next. Hi, this is Stephanie L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Southern California and uh, grateful um, for all of you on the line and um, the service that you're doing to make this possible. Wow. Um, more than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. He is very much the actor to the outer world. He presents his stage character, and that was the story of my life. Like was already shared, I would become whatever you wanted me to be. I was always so afraid that if you knew who I really was, that you wouldn't like me or you wouldn't want me or, you know, I wasn't, you wouldn't love me. And um, even in my professional career, you know, I was always scared they were going to find out that I wasn't who they thought I was. And I would hold on all day long, putting on this face, you know, my professional face, square your shoulders back, you know, put on that smile, you know, act like you know what you're doing, fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it. And, you know, by the end of the day, by the time I got home, put my kids to bed, I had no choice but to binge until I fell asleep and then wake up and binge some more and then wake up and binge some more. And that was what I did every single day for most of my life. And I, I knew something was wrong with me, but I didn't know what it was. And then I, I get here and I read on page 60 and 61, I read about the actor who wants to run the whole show and is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, and, you know, trying to, you know, working so that people will see him or her a certain way and I was like oh my god that's me I am the actor it was like this huge awakening oh my god um I want people you know to like me I want people to see me a certain way and I want them to do it my way I want to be in charge I want to be God and um I came here and and I saw that and you know you guys told me that you know, I'm a compulsive overeater and that I have this physical allergy and this obsession of the mind and that, you know, I don't have to live that way. And, you know, it took me, and I still struggle, I was going to say it took me a long time, but I still struggle with this. I still struggle with, you know, pride and ego and wanting to be perceived a certain way and to look a certain way. But I'll tell you, I'm after working the steps and continuing to live in 10, 11, and 12, I can see those things on a daily basis. And, you know, through the power of my God that's personal to me, I don't have to live that way anymore. You know, I don't have to be so fearful all the time. Um, and I'm so grateful, so very grateful for that, um, that I don't have to be that actor, you know. I don't have to live that way. And, you know, through when I do my nightly review when I look at my day and I see where ego and pride is cropped up and I see where, you know, old behaviors or old thought patterns pop back up, you know, I can turn that over and my time is up. So thank you for letting me share. No past. Thank you, Stephanie. This is Elaine B. I'm going to take a turn here. I recovered in Massachusetts. Elaine, we lost you. Are you there? Oh, hi. There's um, this is Elaine B. Recovered in Massachusetts. Um, Going to share for a minute. And there's some background noise. Maybe somebody typing or shuffling papers. So if you could press star one to unmute, that would be so helpful. Thank you. Um, yes, definitely somebody typing in the background. I think so. Please unmute your phone. Um, okay. 
So I definitely knew what I wanted people to think of me, <laughs> and I thought I knew what I needed to do to get their approval. And I thought their approval would give them this, give me the security that I wanted. And so whether it was the way I dressed, the way I spoke, how I did my work, uh, how, what I reflected back to you, what I, what I said to you, um, I began to work on reading people's minds so that I could try to see what it was that they wanted. So as I did that, I lost touch with who I was what I wanted, what my honesty was. I was driven by these instincts and, um, you know, taking actions uh, in order to survive my discomfort that came up every day when I didn't get the response that I wanted or when I couldn't figure out what you wanted or I just felt restless, irritable, and discontent. I had to bury it. Now, people who've gotten into action, people who've gotten to page 73, um, it would, uh, you've, You've done a lot of hard work. You've looked at a lot of stuff, but now we're talking about telling somebody else about it and what will that person think of me. You know, they're not going to see the, the perfect me that I want to pr project. And, um, and But if I do this, it's the beginning of me becoming who I actually was created to be. You know, birds fly, the ocean waves, leaves fall from trees. Everything that is created does what it's supposed to do except human beings. We get distorted and contorted. And um, I ha never really found who my true self was until I began to practice the humidity, humility, fairness, and honesty that's required to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth about myself. Sometimes I would tell the part of myself that I thought was so bad it would scare you away. Sometimes I wore 100 extra pounds as a buffer to keep people away from me, especially men, because I didn't know how to deal with those relationships. But I picked up these steps. I persevered through this step. I told the truth about myself. And I learned the rest of the design for living that really works so I can manage my uncomfortability and I can begin to learn more and more each day, week by week, year by year, who I am and, and be that. So with that, I pass. And um, Ashley P., you're up next. Miriam Rista, New Jersey. Miriam, you'll be after Ashley P. Thank you. Ashley Hi, P., Hi, this yeah, is Ashley Lee. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you. Hi. Uh, so, yeah, this is Ashley P. Recovered in Northern California. Um, I just want to thank everybody for their service and um, welcome the newcomers. Um, yeah, these these paragraphs are, are really powerful, um, mostly because it makes me think of the fact that um, I've spent the majority of my life in and out of um, – therapy and blaming therapists for me not feeling less depressed or um, less anxious, um, less suicidal. Uh, and three years ago, um, I actually went to eating disorder treatment for a pretty long period of time with, um, and I had therapists that really worked very hard to um, see me get better and friends that were really invested in my recovery um but the truth was that i i couldn't stop restricting and i never told them that we we went to eat um frozen yogurt every friday as part of uh recovery but i i never told them that basically i i would get up saturday morning and and look forward to the frozen yogurt that we would have, you know, six days later because it had sugar in it and I I couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, and that in the end, I I was still running the show. You know, I, I was in this treatment center, but I didn't really, I, I didn't really want to um, turn my eating disorder over. And lying was such a part of my life that I I became used to it and it was second nature and by that time like I didn't really remember how to tell the truth um, but I knew it didn't feel right and so when I think about the many many gifts of recovery um, honesty is is such oh, it's just it's like the, one of the biggest ones um, 
because I screw up today and um, I make mistakes and I don't work a perfect program. Um, I didn't listen to a meeting yesterday, which isn't part of my recovery program. And I say that on the line today because I'm able to be honest with you guys about that and because I emailed my sponsor last night and and put that in um, the dishonesty column. And because I'm on the line today, um, this program gives me the opportunity to, to say this is where um, I have some work to do and uh, this is this is where I can can do better and and to share that with you guys and then to do something about it and and that's such a huge miracle um, so yeah thank you everybody and I pass thanks so much Ashley T Miriam R you're up next hi this is Miriam Rifka in New Jersey sorry for jumping in out of turn before no problem. I just um, I, I really wanted to jump in also and share on this. It's, I definitely the same thing is kind of standing out to me, you know, as being someone who wanted to enjoy a certain reputation but knew in my heart that I don't deserve it. And to me, this was maybe even more painful than the eating. You know, I had a, a period of time here, a program where um, – you know, the food was down, but I was still having a lot of this kind of behavior going on of trying to put on a show. Even, you know, if anything, program itself was a manifestation of it. I wanted to be someone that you're going to look up to and program, you know, yet knowing in my heart at the same time that I, I didn't deserve it. Um, and doing this work, you know, particularly the fourth step, the fifth step, and just looking at every aspect of my character and bringing it to light and sharing it with my sponsor and recognizing where it is that I fall short and being okay with that. You know, one thing that my sponsor keeps telling me is that it's okay. Like, these are things that you're looking at for the first time, but it's not a surprise to your higher power. Your higher power already knows about them. And just recognizing these are the facts about me. This is who I am. This is what I can work on so that I could actually become that person that I want, you know, that, 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 that I want people to see me as, or more importantly, to become the person that my higher power wants me to be, and that will be enough. That will be enough. I don't have to be that, you know, dream person I have in my head of who I want to be. I could stop fighting to be that and instead kind of let my higher power lead me who he wants me to be and that peace is better than anything you know that it was it was such hell to have to face myself in the morning and know the behaviors that I've been doing the way I'm treating my family it's painful and it's so much more beautiful to be able to look at myself in the mirror and say hey I'm falling short how can I you know how, how can I how can I fix this and be the way my higher power would have me be and with that I'll pass thank you Thank you, Miriam R. We'll open the floor again for sharing. Who would like to comment on what we read today? First, let me just, uh, for anybody who came on the line late, uh, I uh, hold on just a minute with the names, please. Um, I just want to let everybody know we're on page 73. We're starting with the first paragraph, more than most people, uh, reading three paragraphs ending with, and their chance of recovery. Um, I heard Chrissy G. Who else wanted to share? Siri K. B. Yeah, C. B. Deanna B. Terry A. Uh, Siri K. B. Okay, Jody I heard Sherry K. B. Terry H. Dodi E. Q. And a few more I didn't quite catch. Deanna C. B. Mary H. I, um, I heard Mary H. And is it who was D? Miasi D. Deanna B. Deanna B., I can just barely hear you, so I hope we can uh, hear you better. And then there was somebody whose last initial was D, and that may be all we have time for today. What was that, Miasa? Is that right? Liati D. Okay. Oh, Liati D. Okay, thank you. Um, All right. We're going to start with Chrissy G., and then we'll have Sherry K. B. 
Hi, this is Chrissy G., uh, gratefully recovered in California. Can I be heard? Yes, you can, Chrissy. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. This is my first time sharing, so I listen to you guys in the recording every day, and I'm just so grateful to be here and to be able to um, to share with you. The whole thing of honesty is big with me, and I always thought I was very honest, um, kind of prided myself on that, but I realized uh, about a year before coming to program, as I was working on myself physically, emotionally, spirit- spiritually, that I wasn't being honest. I wasn't being honest with others or myself and with God. And I remember, like, I had never told my weight to another soul except when required with a doctor. Um, so me, God, and doctors were the only ones who knew my weight and I finally released the um, the fear of I guess being judged with that and I remember telling my best friend just nonchalantly how much I weighed when I was over 300 pounds and she started crying because the that honesty I had never shared with her or anyone else and it was so powerful to her not that she needed to know my weight but it was so powerful to her that I let go of that. And that was kind of eye-opening to me. And when I came to a program earlier this year, um, I had lost the majority of my weight already, but I wasn't being honest with myself. I thought, I thought I always trusted in God, but if I had trusted in God, I wouldn't be trying to run my own show and I wouldn't be trying to control everything. And so that's what these pages kind of remind me of is that we have to let go and we have to release that, power and that desire, well, it's not really power, we think it's power, to control everything and to run the show. And um, instead of trying to be the the, act, the director, we need to um, kind of be the actor and, and, and you know, do what we're, we're called to do, but realize that there are going to be things that come and go um, that we can't control. So with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So we have six people who would like to share and we have about 12 or 13 minutes. So if you're able to do a briefer share, that would be great. But um, we'll start with Sherry KB and then Terry H. Please go ahead. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, great for you, covered in compulsive eye reader. So I'm going to take myself for two minutes. Um, this is the bottom line for me, is that it talks about these sprees in here. And, you know, I used to go on sprees with food. What I didn't realize, the reason why I was going on sprees with food, because underneath the emotional sprees, what we're really going on, and that's what we're addressing here is into action. We're looking at our character defects because we admit to God, to ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. And for me, these emotional sprees were, had more power over me <clears throat> than the food because that's why I ate. So when I think of my emotional sprees, <clears throat> I think of restless, irritable discontent. I also think of fear, doubt, and insecurity. And these ran me. There was a lot of fear being ran under all of these sprees, of emotional sprees, because I talk about it. I have seen myself be face down in the emotions, like I was face down in the food. And I'm getting the opportunity to, to have God remove these one day at a time, because sometimes they, they still crop up, because when they do, I know what to do with them. I have a spiritual kit because of my higher power, because of these steps. They can be taken care of, and I could go into a lot of detail about what my um, emotional sprees are from fear, judgment, insecurity, uh, you know, not feeling lovable, not feeling enough, not feeling good enough, having having people-pleasing motives to get you to do what I want so you'll do what I want. In other words, I want your love and attention and approval, and I don't need to do that anymore because I have these steps, and I have my higher power, and I know what to do with them, and that I pass. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Sherry KB. Thank you for your thoughtfulness um, for a briefer share so others can all fit in. Terry H., you're up next, followed by Jody EQ. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H. from North Carolina. I'm gratefully recovered today. Um, I'm from Mississippi, so I'll try to talk faster than normal. <laughs> um, yeah, playing the actor all my life, you know, um, I isolated um, to um, be safe. You know, I learned as a small child that, um, you know, I did not want to be seen because being seen was dangerous for me. And so throughout my life, I never really lived in one place for more than two years since I left my home at the age of 17. You know, I'm 50 today. 
and I'm working on two years in my current residence and with my family. And, you know, working this program has, you know, real and working the steps and, and, and coming into AA um, has really given me that opportunity to be myself, to be my authentic self and let God work in me. And um, I'm really grateful for that today. I don't have to be the actor. I don't have to be the director. I can just be Terry. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity just to be still and be vulnerable and be seen. Um, It's challenging at times because sometimes I want to go back to old behaviors and I want to run away and I want not to be seen. But God is continuing, continuing to work in me. I don't have to run and purge. I don't have to restrict you know, I can just follow my recovery plan and work my program each and every day to help me keep that ego in control, keep that fear in control, and, and just do, do my part each and every day. You know, I wake up and I want to seek God's um, guidance for my day. I want to be of maximum service. And, and, that's the, and sometimes that's challenging because the ego does get in the way. And, you know, I want to be the actor and the director sometimes. But now, you know, I just, I just humbly, humbly seek and be vulnerable and just be still. And I'm really grateful for that today. And thanks to OA and the 12 Steps and A Vision for You. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Terry H. Jody EQ, you're up next, followed by Leah TD. Thank you. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered in Arizona this morning. So more than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. He is very much the actor. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. I can relate to that all too well. Um, I still, I have to admit, I still want to enjoy a certain reputation. there's, it's that old insecurity, that human insecurity that's still there. I want to be liked. I want to be respected. I There's background noise. I'm sorry. Okay, you can't hear me. No, All we right. hear you. Well, okay, Jody. You hear me? Okay. Okay. So I have to take that to God today. If I feel that coming back, which today I do, I have to ask myself, am I doing enough to um, think of others? Or am I just obsessed with myself once again? I can lapse back into that. Am I reaching out to others? Am I thinking more of what I can do for others than what others can do for me? So this is a, a, a one day at a time deal for me. And if I notice myself getting more insecure, more afraid of what people think of me, more people-pleasing, and I need to go back to the basics, 10, 11, and 12, daily inventory, prayer and meditation, and thinking more about what I can do for others, how I can carry this message, and what I can get from others. Am I living to give, or am I living to get? Am I living to eat or am I eating to live? Very similar. So anyway, that's what's coming for me in this, uh, in this reading today. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jody EQ. Appreciate it. Leah TD, followed by yes. Mary H. And um, again, if we could be a little briefer, then everybody will have time to share, but you do have three minutes. So okay. uh, please go ahead. Thank you. I'm sorry. New to phone uh, interaction on the phone. Uh, my name is Leah D and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, this is very powerful stuff because, um, and I want to cry when I think about it. Uh, it says more, more, more than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. And I never knew what other people, I always, I, as a little child, I remember looking at other people and kind of collecting codes of behavior because I didn't really know how to behave. And 
for some people, was just natural being themselves. I remember little kids running and playing, and they're just themselves. They're in the body, and they're having the experience of being. And for me, I always looked, I've always studied, I've always questioned, I always felt guilty. I always, I never really had peace about being me. So I collected codes of behavior, and I said, okay, I need to be funny, I need to be pretty, I need to... Uh, you know, I need to be nice, I need to be, you know, giving, and that will make me, and so I, I created this porcelain doll that really, you know, I was broken, I was shattered, and every day I I was almost like as if I'm putting a glue, okay, let's glue all the pieces together, we're going to walk around here and be this and this and that, but I was really broken, and I, you know, we say how we don't have willpower, I don't know how I lasted. I had an enormous amount of willpower. I don't know how I carried that broken doll around. I want to cry when I think about it. And um, and I'm so grateful for this program. They, they told me that I don't. I can be broken, and God is going to put it together perfectly through those, through you know, the steps, through a daily inventory, through meditation, and and, and you guys. And I can be uncomfortable at times. I can walk around the world broken. Um, and it's okay. I love you all. I know I have to go and I want to listen to one of the last person. Thank you. Okay. I, I think that's it for um, Leah, TV, and uh, Mary H. and um, Diana B. Uh, if you if you can take two two minute shares, that would be really great. Um, Mary H, you're up next. All right, Mary H, a recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California, who's usually a very slow talker, oh. and I will try to <laughs> I'll try to speed it up, or I'll just say fewer words. Um, just uh, grateful to talk about this this morning and what I was thinking of is with this this duality or this incongruence in in my personality that um of course that's going to cause a lot of strife and a lot of frustration and in the beginning I I would I would see it as you know that a lot of people didn't understand the disease that I had so I would hide that you know I would tell people I feel fat I can't stop eating and this was when I was younger, and I was in a healthy body weight, and they didn't understand what you know what was wrong with me, so I would hide that because i I didn't have people that understood this disease, but it was growing and it was getting stronger, and it was becoming a force that I had to continue to hide and um how difficult that was, and how much energy that took and and now, because I look at a lot of different layers of this, as a recovered woman for two years, yay, um, there's still parts of my personality that need a lot of attention and a lot of spiritual work. You know, the food's down, thank goodness. But I'm still, I still have lots of growing to do. And it's easy for me to talk about those parts that I'm grateful for and the, you know, the, the, the spiritual recovery that is the good part, but it is more difficult to talk about the areas where I'm still holding on and um, still restless, still irritable, still not accepting life, what life's given me and, um, you know, living in the moment and all that. So I think just talking about it this morning, saying it out loud is certainly free and, um, I think I'll stop there because that is enough from me this morning. Thank you. That's perfect, Mary H. Two minutes. Thank you so much. And Diana, do you have two minutes as well? Diana B. B. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. My my name and could you time me? I'm in the car, so I don't. Um, my name is Deanna B, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater just for today. Um, and I'm so grateful to be on this line 
I listened to this morning's meeting while I was in this treatment, and if it wasn't for a vision, I don't know where I'd be. But I, I'm not going to speak very long because everybody said everything. I, this is me. This whole the, what we read is me. Ditto, 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 and my led two lives. I was in constant fear that you'd find me out of my job, you know. And I've been told by a couple sponsors, you know, I feel. So I felt so inadequate, but I presented myself outwardly very altogether. And I couldn't see that. I never could see that. I didn't know I was acting. Um, I have a big book from 1976. And in the 90s, I was in treatment twice for my eating disorder. And in one of those times, people wrote in my book, and that's what I want to speak to for an instant. And every thing and every comment you helped me so much you did this you showed me the way and that's what I did I helped other people and that's what I did in my professional life and that's what I did in my uh what I wanted you to see I guess but I didn't know that and they say what you don't know you don't know I also thought that I was carrying a hundred extra pounds because of hiding, not knowing how to deal with my sexuality. Um, and I realized, and then the older I got, it would be easier. So now that I'm 80, it's supposed to be easier. Well, I'm at my correct body weight. And I'm in another 12-step program that dealt with that. And that was a long time ago. You know, so that was one of the lies I told myself. I'm a compulsive eater. I blamed the fact that I was hiding under those 100 pounds so that I wouldn't have to deal with men as the reason that I was overweight. So, of course, I couldn't, you know. That's uh, time. Okay, that's all. I just needed to say that, and thank you so much for all being here. Thank you, Deanna B. And thank you, everybody, that has shared. Uh, we'll now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lynette P. please read a vision for you? Our, ben our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.